Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dave Melinda about his formula for success, strengthening the team plus improving the customer experience equals profit. Dave Melinda, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, how are you? It is great to be with you. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you today. You're joining us from Wisconsin, and I'm here in Utah. Uh, Today, we're going to be focusing on an area uh, of your expertise and talking about what you term your formula for success, strengthening the team plus improving the customer experience equals profit. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to dissect that a little bit, talk more about the people management or organizational leadership components to how we can do that better in our organizations. And uh, I'm just really excited to have a good conversation with you today. As we get started, I wanted to share Dave's bio with everybody. Dave Melinda is the founder of Positive Polarity LLC, a Midwest-based sales coaching and training firm that brings solid growth to companies from over 30 years of real-world experience, where he grew his business to $10 million in sales before selling it. He speaks regularly at conferences on topics that are designed to make the listener not only hear, but engage. He developed his formula for success, which we'll be discussing today. And with this formula, he has helped companies with their business growth. His number one Amazon bestselling book called Growing on Purpose details the importance of both the team and the customer and how, if treated properly, profit will follow. He also recently launched the Positive Polarity podcast, a weekly podcast that interviews awesome people with amazing stories. That's wonderful. Uh, Great background. It's just a real pleasure to have you. Before we launch into the conversation, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context? Holy cow, that's a lot that you said. I didn't even realize they did all that. So I'm, I'm honored to hang out with you. No, I just, I, I enjoy the growth aspect of this. So uh, we'll get into that uh, shortly. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Excellent. Yeah. And I think that's the name of the game, right? It's all about growth. Whether we're talking about, you know, our personal lives, our relationships, we're talking about professionalism and the opportunity to grow in our careers, uh, whatever we're talking about, I think, the life well lived is about growth and continual development and lifelong learning. And uh, so, that, I mean, that's certainly at the core of what I want to espouse and, and uh, try to accomplish in my own life. And, and I, sure. hope, I hope that others listening uh, can do the same. All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit more uh, about your background before we launch in. So you, you work for, uh, or you, you run and you're the founder and you run this, um, sales coaching and training firm. How did you find yourself uh, getting into that work? Why did you end up f- 
focusing on coaching and training and sales. Sure. Uh, and then we can get more into the, um, the success piece. Sure. Yeah. My last company I started, uh, we started in 1991. We had $0 coming in. And uh, when I sold it in 2012, we had annual sales of 10 million coming in. And I saw this formula and I saw this pattern that I really appreciated and wanted to replicate. And so I thought I can either do this again, or I can do this uh, on steroids and help other companies do it. So I've been uh, honored and blessed to be able to help other companies, uh, you know, with this formula. And like you said, John, who doesn't like growth? And, you know, entrepreneurs are all about growth. And, and quite frankly, that's why I, I wrote Growing on Purpose because I ran into and still run into so many people that grow by mistake. And so we wanted to have some intentionality to it. We wanted to make sure that people, um, you know, understood how to replicate it. And so that's, that's the formula that, we, that we're going to talk about today. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. So let's, let's talk then about that first piece, strengthening the team. Sure. Uh, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, you can't accomplish anything in an organization if you f don't first recognize the importance of your team, the individuals on that team, and that you help everyone maximize their potential and work together effectively, right? And so absolutely. I think about organizations and I think about leaders and so many people um, who find themselves into, in executive roles, they have finance backgrounds, they have operations backgrounds, and those are important, don't get me wrong. Uh, but are we paying enough attention to the human capital component of the organization? It is the people within the organization. It is the employees that will drive the innovations that ultimately interface with the customers and are going to create the experience overall that's going to either help the organization succeed or drive it into the ground. And sure. unfortunately, I think far too often, we, we see like human resources and we see the human capital piece as kind of a, um, as a cost center uh, and, and instead of seeing it as a place to invest in people and to sure. develop people and invest in the future of the business through our people. Um, just like, you know, if you, if you think of any other asset in the business, uh, if you have equipment or you have property or intellectual property or anything, like you're going to manage that, you're going to invest in it, you're going to maintain it. You're going to uh, upgrade it. Uh, you're, you're going to do, to do all those things on a regular basis. Yet for some reason, when we start talking about the people, then all of a sudden training starts to become uh, an option. And we start to think about uh, our people as kind of disposable, interchangeable. And that's not the, the labor economy that we're in. Like it's hard to get good people. It's hard to maintain, to retain them. It's, it can be really difficult to get that good team together and certainly to tap into their um, collective genius. So let's, let's dive into that. Like, how do we do sure. that more successfully? Well, it's interesting. All those things that you talk about, John, you know, it's really easy. If you make a widget, it's really easy to determine how many widgets you have to make per hour to make a dollar. And so the ROI for most entrepreneurs, it's real easy to look at, you know, what your production is. Uh, from in that machine, uh, in that process, it becomes really a lot harder as soon as you enter, you know, interject a human being into it. How do I get, if I pay them X, how do I get X plus whatever I need out of them? 
And unfortunately for the U.S., Gallup shows that, you know, two out of three people approximately show up every day to their job and they're not engaged. You know, they're not concerned about the customer. They're not concerned about the company. You know, they're focused on themselves. And, and that's really, you know, that's nothing that I brought up. That's Gallup. You know, that's a national poll that's been going on for years so the, the concept really that I think works is to invest in the people because in, in, in as we finish that um, formula, if, the more you invest in your people, the better experience your customers are going to have. And the better experience that your customers are going to have, the more they're going to spend, the more they're going to pay, and the more frequently they're going to, you know, come back to your establishment, whatever you do. So if we skip that step of strengthening the team, and to your point, I mean, I don't know what unemployment's like in Utah here, you know, there, everybody that is, is, can be working pretty much is working. So employers have a really hard time finding good people. That's, that's the number one thing that I hear on all the work that I do around here uh, is finding good people. Well, people want to work for a company that, you know, has certain things about it and everybody's list is a little bit different, but it's kind of transition. And I remember back when my dad was working you know, it was the boss in the corner office and you just kind of showed up and they kind of told you what to do. And, you know, it was a totally different way than the workforce is today. So I think that if you're not working on strengthening your team, if you're not working on that human capital, like you said, somebody else is. And because of the fact that somebody else is, they're going, your team most likely will migrate. If nothing else, they'll stay, but they'll stay unengaged. And in this economy, you just can't have an unengaged team. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's worse than having them leave. Um, right. it, it, I mean, it really, it, when, when people are actively disengaged at work, uh, that can really cause all sorts of culture problems and yep. and ultimately undermine what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, there's really just no way around it. You need to create a positive workplace culture that people want to be there, that they're excited to come to work, that they're excited right. to work together with their team, with their coworkers, with their boss. Uh, and it, when you establish that, that's how you're going to attract the best people. That's how you're going to retain, retain the best people. Uh, and ultimately, that's, going to, that's how you're going to drive the best products for the customer or the, or the best customer experience. Uh, and so there's just no way around that. There's no shortcutting that. And, and I get it, like small to medium-sized businesses um, where you know, they're trying to keep overhead low, labor costs low, their margins are small. I understand sure. it. I understand that's a challenge, um, but you have to remember the the indirect costs that are associated with having a team that doesn't run well. And when people right. are con when you're constantly churning through people and trying to train them and get people up to speed and and just all of the the indirect costs that that causes you. And when yep. we can take that into account, then all of a sudden we can start to recognize, oh yeah, it really does make way more sense for me to invest a little bit more money, a little bit more time up front to establish a good foundation for these people to have great success in the company. Um, right. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's something that I, I feel like I'm like preaching from the rooftops 
um, continuously. And sure. I think most people, most people get it. And I think even most executives get it. They understand the argument, but when the where the rubber meets the road, when they're making the decisions in terms of prioritization of resources and those sorts of things, oftentimes they undermine their, what they know is what is necessary. Um, They undermine themselves through the, the allocation of resources and through the decisions that they make. And so we, we just need to be a little bit more brave in how we are like courageously investing in our people to create a dynamic team. Well, and I think it's, you know, you, if you have a fleet of a hundred vehicles, and you're a company that does whatever, you wouldn't think twice about preventative maintenance. You wouldn't think twice about, ah, you, we don't need to change the oil in these trucks. They're fine. They're running right now. They're fine. Well, somehow we don't do the preventative maintenance. We don't do the oil changes, whatever that looks like on your team, because they're fine. You know, they worked yesterday. They'll work today. You know, so I think that if we change that mindset to realize that they need maintenance, whatever that looks like, they need training, they need an occasional tire change. You know, if you're able to really look at that from that perspective, it does change um, the outlook for the average entrepreneur slash business owner. So, um, but I think the one interesting thing that I look at, we do a lot of work with the personality assessments for DISC. And the reason that we do it is because I think if I'm a business owner and I have 10 people on my team, I have to treat each one of those people, John, different because they all are made up different. And I see a lot of owners treat everybody how they would want to be treated. And I think that we have such a huge disconnect there because you and I have different personalities And if our boss, if we both work for the same person, if our leader treated you and me the same, you might be super stoked on how you get treated. But for me, it's not the same. So DISC helps us. It's a really great tool to be able to understand what makes up that team. So we know how to strengthen that team. Because again, you know, back to the car analogy, different trucks need different oil, different trucks need different um, air in the tire. Some are using those green, whatever that is, you know, different gas in the tires. You know, there's all these different things that go on. And if you think that the diesel truck gets the same fuel as a gasoline truck, you'll find out really quick that those two <laughs> don't interchange, right? But yet we feel like they can interchange on our team. One size fits all. And that's where I think a lot of us as leaders fall off the tracks because we just treat everybody the same. And that just can really lead to a lot of disgruntled people. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. 
The truth is great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, and it's not about intention. It's not about you being a bad boss, like you're right. a jerk. I mean, there are yep. jerk bosses, there are bad bosses, but I think right. most most bosses, most most leaders want to be effective. They want yep. to show their people they care about them. They want to invest in their people even, but to your point, they don't necessarily know how. Um, and, and so you have to know, there's just no, um, there's, there's no way of sidestepping this. You have to know your people. Uh, right. One way to know it is through personality profiles, like you mentioned. But just, you know, having conversations, having regular check-ins, knowing your people, knowing right. what their why is, what drives them, what's important to them, what their priorities are. And those change over time too. So just because you know you're, you know, you have a really nice engaging conversation with somebody, you know, that doesn't mean that you never have to have a really nice engaging conversation with them again for the next year. Like that's yeah. to be a regular you're thing. You're covered, right? Yeah. yeah you're, you're I tried covered. that with my wife. I tried that with my wife. And I said, you know, the day that we got married, I said, I love you. And I said, if anything changes, I'll let you know, you know, that didn't really work because there's that constant reinforcement that's needed. And our team, some people need it daily. Some people don't need it daily. And again, how do we determine that if we don't know, we're just making an assumption. And if you are on my team and, you know, we're coworkers and you never need to have a positive word your way, you get motivated in a different way. If that is all of a sudden, you know, permeated throughout the team, we're going to have a lot of people that are just not fulfilled. And I think the reason that a lot of people struggle with this is if they're, if you're, you know, if you're listening today and this sparks a you know, something within the average person, they're going to Google, how do I engage my employees? And they're going to come up with 17 billion options. And you get really frustrated because you're like, what do I do? And then the average person is like, you know what, that's too much. I'm just going to go back to doing what I was doing. So that's where I think, you know, people like you and me come in and are able to help people, you know, share where some simple things are. Most of the things, I don't know about your situation, but most of the things when I do my employee engagement drives growth training, most of the stuff that we do doesn't cost any money. You know, most of these things, it's not like we have to constantly give raises. I mean, the statistics show people would rather have an attaboy than a 50 cent an hour raise or whatever your raises look like. It, that's crazy. You know, I mean, I encourage people catch your team doing something right rather than catch them doing something wrong. You know, just that little shift there just totally can change the energy that's within a group. So I would encourage anyone listening to try and find as many inexpensive slash free things that you can do to encourage your team so that they do show up every day engaged and wanting to help the customer along, wanting to help the company and their fellow worker. Yeah. And something you said a, a few minutes ago really resonated with me. Uh, you, you have to, to be with your people where they're at. You have to meet them where they're at. Uh, right. And you can't just project 
onto them the way you like to be handled or the way you like yep. to be led. Um, so we often talk about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That in leadership, it's actually, we, we really yep. should follow the platinum rule of do right. unto others as they, they would have you do unto them. Uh, right. And we can only do that as we know our people. Um, and I, I just had, I wanted to share a, a real quick example. Maybe I'm sure. patting myself on the back a little bit, but um, <laughs> That's you okay. know, people who listen uh, regularly know I'm a scholar practitioner. So I, I'm a professor at the university. I'm a department chair. Um, mm -hmm. And so I do that on the academic side. And then I also do my consulting work. Um, sure. And so I have two different teams that I manage, but on the academic side, uh, I have 15 full-time faculty plus, you know, about three dozen part-time faculty. And it's a, it's a state university, limited resources. We're always trying to bootstrap and just try to do what we can with limited resources. Sure. Um, and faculty, it's a little bit of a different thing, you know, than maybe in corporate America, what people often experience, but people still want to feel valued. They still want to feel appreciated. They still want to be seen and heard and recognized. And so one thing that we started doing a while back that it cost about 200 bucks up front, um, but now it's, it doesn't cost anything is, mm -hmm. uh, we, we created a department award and it's a rotating monthly award. Uh, okay. and it's just, it's just a goofy thing. Like we went sure. to a trophy shop and got the gaudiest sure. looking <laughs> giant trophy. There you go. Uh, it's sure. a, we call it the fantastic beast award. And it's actually this giant, like, it's really actually a really cool, um, thing. It's like this sure. big wood carved lion head on a trophy and, and we just highlight somebody every month and it rotates yeah. and it sits on someone else and it sits in someone else's office and it's a conversation starter and people go into their office and say, what is that? And then they get to brag about themselves a little bit. And, sure. we, and we just acknowledge like, Hey, these are the cool things you've been doing. We want to recognize this person this month. And it just rotates around. Um, sure. It's a super simple thing. Doesn't take much time. Only took a couple hundred bucks up front to just, you know, get the thing. Uh, yeah. And and now it's just kind of this fun ongoing thing, and everyone, as silly as it is, people get excited for it every month sure. to you sure. know to see. And so there's so many things like that that we yeah. can just implement that can make a big difference. Absolutely, and that's the, the the thing that it does take. You know, in this case, John is time, and that's where you know I get it. I mean, on my podcast, we talk all the time to entrepreneurs and they're listening and everything's good. And then all of a sudden you hear an investment of time, whether it's like journaling or whatever it is, and you hear the brake, you know, brake screeching, the brake lights go on. And now all of a sudden it's like, hi, oh, here, I just got to add another thing to my day. And I try and explain to people, you, you know what, you don't have to do this. Just be prepared for higher turnover, be prepared for unhappy customer. I mean, there's a if then scenario here. And if you're okay with the then scenario, then don't do the if. I'm fine with that. Just realize that doing nothing is still doing something. And when you do nothing as a business owner slash entrepreneur, boy, that's picked up on so quick now in, in you know, teams. And, you know, I know that the vast majority of people, like you said, John, don't drive into work going, how can I screw somebody up today, right? They're not bad people. They don't drive in thinking, who am I going to mess with today? In the heat of the moment, they're not prepared. Something didn't go right. And that's when, you know, something happens and all of a sudden the team is no longer, you know, fulfilled. They're not moving in the right direction. I love the picture of a, a rowboat and everybody's going in a different direction with their, with their oar. 
I mean, that so depicts so many teams in our society today. So I love coming in, doing like a team view disc and showing where everybody's personality is so they can now go, oh my gosh, that's why he's like that. I always thought he didn't like me, right? And it was just because they're different personalities. So I think, and, and to me, that's just a really great tool to use to really strengthen that team. Yeah. And, and you've already referred to it, but the second part of your equation then is customer experience. And you know what? Strong employee experience translates into strong customer experience. And so when you couple those two things together and you create this great dynamic customer experience that drives customer uh, loyalty and retention. Um, and of course that then leads to higher profits. That's going, that's, that's the name of the game. It's ex just like, like it's expensive to attract uh, a new good employee and go yep. through that whole process. It's hard to attract a new customer. Um, and, and to get them in the door and to get them buying your product or service, you don't want to just lose them. You want them to have an awesome experience. So they come back again and again and again. And the only way that's going to happen is when they have uh, a good interaction with people on your team. So the two just go tightly and closely together. Yeah. And it was interesting when I wrote my book, you know, there's a lot of research on strengthening your team and there's a lot of research on improving your customer's experience. There's not a lot of research that tied those together. So that's what we tried to do is to tie those together to exactly what you said. It's really hard to have a great customer experience with a bad team member. I mean, those two just really don't happen. And again, a great team will provide a great experience. So, and, and it does equal profit. I mean, and that's so proven by so many different studies and the research over the years. Um, if your profits are struggling or you want to make more, I tend to tell people to start looking internally at your team and what it is that they're doing awesome and what it is that they need to work on. And then usually a byproduct is, is how well is the customer being treated? What type of experience is that customer having? And there's so many different companies out there that are just killing it when it comes to customer experience. And then there's, there's, you know, I mean, we're both consumers, right? So you think about places like the DMV, you know, or you think about your credit card company, or you think about your cable company, and it's like, oh, man, when's the last time any one of those totally had a fantastic experience? You know, and I had a really bad experience with my credit card company, I won't mention the name. But, you know, it was a situation where we were disputing something, they gave me a gift card and the gift card had an expiration date, which I didn't even know. So I go to use the card and this, look on the back on the little bottom and it's like, there's an expiration date. Don't understand that. So I called them and they were like, no, no, that's an expired date. This is worth nothing. And it was like 750 bucks. I mean, it was not like a $25 deal where it was 750 bucks. So I finally said to this person after 45 minutes on the phone, I said, this isn't really going anywhere. Who could I talk to? you know, that can help me really understand what's going on. And the lady said, I already talked to them. And they said the same thing. No. 
I mean, that was my experience. And I've been a card holder for them for a long time. And after that, I canceled my card. And, you know, I, I don't tell people online, but I tell plenty of people offline who it is. And, you know, those are the bad things about a customer experience. Yes, they made their 750 bucks. They made, they, they followed their protocol, but they lost the customer. And we all know one bad customer goes and tells 20 other people. And I'm way over 20. And again, I'm a drop in the bucket for this company. And it'll never hit their bottom line. I totally get that. It's just that's the experience. We, we as small businesses, we can't afford to have 10 people out there that are unhappy because now they're telling 200 people. And so it just, re, you know, just magnifies the more that we have bad experiences. So I tell people, yeah. if you think you're having a great, if you think you offer a great customer experience, it's possible that you have a blind spot. And that's actually the next book I'm working on is about business blind spots. And it's interesting. If you think you're doing a great job, then I challenge you to call five of your best customers, call five of your worst customers. And then there's a great sampling of how well you guys are actually doing, uh, and maybe you do have a blind spot. Maybe you're, maybe you're awesome, but more often than not, you'll find a couple opportunities to improve that experience. Wonderful. Dave, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. Uh, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. We could go on and on and on, but this has been a really great conversation and, and a good primer. I think for anyone listening to try to think about employee experience, customer experience, driving bottom line results for your organization. And ultimately, it's, it's about a focus on people. Um, as we wrap up today, Dave, I just wanted yeah. to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your book, and then give us the final word on the topic. Sure. So uh, best way to get a hold of me is positivepolarity.com. All one word, super easy. And uh, be happy to help any way I can. And if you want, I'd be more than happy for the first five people that shared our, their information with me, I'll send them a free book. Uh, I'll pay for the postage. I'll pay for the book. I'll, I promise I won't hang out at your house. Um, I just need the address because I got to deliver it somewhere. So be honored to, you know, to share that with people. And I think the, the word that, that I love to talk about as we close this down is intentionality. Whatever it is that you're going to do, I, I'm less concerned about what you do. It's really being intentional at it. If you think that you, know, you want to improve your team or you want to improve your customer's experience, as long as you, you know, face it with intentionality, you'll have a much higher likelihood of that actually happening. When you create a list of things to do, have somebody like a coach hold you accountable, you know, though, that's when people really start to elevate that, those experiences, whether it's for the team or for the customer. Amen. Dave, it has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Dave can do for you. Check out his book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. 
Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership. Will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e magazine. With the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.